Hey, hey, welcome to the Church Home Podcast with Judah Smith, my amazing husband. My name is Chelsea, and he is about to give you an incredible message. And I know we are going to hear about Jesus and his love for you. And if there's anything we can do as a church home community, we would love to serve you. You can come to churchhome.org slash pastor chat, and we would love to have a conversation with you and just meet you exactly where you are. Enjoy the message. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about your pain and we're going to talk about my pain. And the title of my talk tonight is uh, Finding Some Purpose in Your Pain. And if you're not in pain, you will be. <laughs> How encouraging is that? Um, so we're going to talk about pain and what it looks like and what it feels like. And then I'm going to take you to a, a portion of the, the ancient scripture. And, and I want to say this uh, about the Bible before we get going. It is the most magical, mystical book ever um, uh, put together in human history. And, and to be honest, that's undebatable. Like it doesn't matter uh, what echelon of immense, uh, 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 incredible uh, education, information, and just uh, intellect, wherever you go to the heights of the intellectual community, there is absolutely no peer. The Bible is peerless. Did you know that? Like it is categorically fundamentally peerless. Now the good news is this, and if you're sitting here right now at the Saban Theater or somehow somebody tricked you to get on the World Wide Web and watch this guy in Los Angeles and you're thinking, bro, I'm not a Christian. I'm not really into Christians. Christians actually generally kind of annoy me, kind of like the Super Bowl. You know, like I don't really, not really into that. So what's the big deal? Well, 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 hold on a second before you tune out and before you tune out, um, I'm gonna be speaking from the most mystical, magical book in human history. In fact, I have spent nearly my entire adult life, in fact, I was forced to spend even some of my developmental years uh, studying the Bible, uh, and it has become my passion. I have found the theme of the scripture. I have found the focal point of the scripture. I found the main character in the scripture. I've discovered a superhero that's changed my life. He is literally transcendent. I love his story. And at the very least, if you're here and you need some inspiration, you need some pick you up, you need a little bit of lift in your life, you are in the right place. At the very minimum, you get an opportunity for us to kind of extrapolate and understand further the most peerless book in human history. So that's gonna be fun in and of itself. Now, perhaps in the process of the next two and a half hours, relax. And some of you are like, he's kind of serious. But in the process of the next 50, 45, 35, depending on your receptivity, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That was a joke from my dad. All right. You maybe might be like, dude, I'm kind of into the main character this guy's talking about, Jesus. Like, I love his lifestyle. I, I, I feel something. Um, I want to prepare yourself. I want to prepare you. By the end of this sermon, you might feel warm fuzzies. You might feel good vibes. You might feel um, warm, loved, seen, valuable, significant. I just want to warn you, prepare yourself. Uh, by the end of this dissertation, my job is not just to disseminate information. It is to be a carrier of love. 
And so the whole goal for every one of these presentations and every one of these sermons is that hopefully we could enjoy ourselves, laugh a little bit. By the way, things are so serious. We got to laugh, folks. I mean, we just literally have to laugh. And that's, that's at ourselves. Like not just, I don't want to laugh at other people's expense. I want to laugh at ourselves. Like let's just, we're all just a little bit too serious. Okay. You ever gotten an airplane? I'm going to be in a, on an airplane tonight. You ever get in an airplane? You look down, you're like, we are so small, right? Like we, 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 we really are, you know, we've kind of, made a lot of, a lot of stuff in our lives. Let's, let's exhale together. Let's laugh a little bit. Let's lean into what I think is the big picture and the main thing that's going on and that there is perhaps maybe a God who reveals himself mostly as a father and he reveals you mostly as a kid. And the father wants a reunion and a reconnection with his kids. And it's awesome. And it's amazing. And essentially that's like the biggest idea of the whole wide world, right? So we're going to have a good time. You do not have to believe what I have to believe. You certainly don't have to dress like I dress. Okay. So like it is a free space here. Enjoy yourself. Sit back, relax. I want to remind you, if you fall asleep on the World Wide Web, I keep calling it the World Wide Web because I'm 45. You fall asleep on the World Wide Web or in this auditorium. That is a compliment to me. That means I am so soothing that I have soothed you into such a state of, of receptivity and peace that you've been able to calm your mind to the point of slumber. So I am the preacher you've always wanted because if you fall asleep, I am nailing it. Okay. So not, not at the like opening monologue that's supposed to be funny, but not a problem. You can fall asleep whenever you want. Speaking of pain, I'm 45. I know, shocking. He's like, Judah, we know you say your age every single week, except it's gaining. It's, it's growing. I'm five years from the big 50, 50, 50. Mike, how old are you? Are you older than me? My friend Mike G is older than me. That makes me feel so good. We're getting on a flight together tonight. And if the chance, if by chance I get an opportunity to let everyone know you're older than me and that feels good. Uh, not a lot of people are older than us these days, Mike G, 45 and 47. I'm facing 50, right? Now, I know you're thinking like, wow, you don't look a day over 27. I hate you guys. But it's a desert up here. I got to compliment myself. Um, but pain is an interesting dynamic in my life now, okay? Like when I was younger, pain came because there was a significant ordeal interaction, event, or collision. And you could, you could pinpoint the, the arrival of the pain. Now, I get pain for no particular reason. The other day, I drove in a car with a buddy of mine in Tennessee. His daughter is here tonight, Pastor Robbie Hilton, who pastors an unbelievable church in East Tennessee. And we drove from Charlotte, North Carolina to Johnson City, Tennessee. Did I get it right? I got it right. And the drive was about three hours. And I'm telling you, these are the things that shock me at my age. I'm sitting shotgun. He's driving. Good driver, I might add. And he's driving and he is, he's a compelling person. I love him. I love listening to him talk. I love his philosophy, his ideologies, his concepts, his take on sports. He was a phenomenal three-point shooter in high school, right? Robbie Hilton. I love Robbie. And so we're sitting and we're driving through the beautiful foothills of Tennessee, right? And he's talking, talking, talking. And the whole time he's talking, I'm looking like this. Wow, wow, dude, yes, amazing. 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. Oh God, two hours. You think I'm joking. 
It's not funny. I'm dead serious. About two hours in, I'm like, I, I, I can't move my neck. I literally can't move my neck. And I'm like, what happened? What ha- nothing happened. I just looked one direction too long. That's where I'm at. I'm dead serious. This is what you have to look forward to, young people. If you're watching on the World Wide Web, you are peering into the longest standing youth group in church history. Okay, I, I started in youth ministry 100 years ago. And if you looked at this audience, this is the youngest, sexiest audience in the history of local church. Evidently, I'm still a youth pastor. So I'm informing young people what's ahead. Okay, here's what's ahead. As you get older, be careful with the sneezing thing. I'm dead serious. I'm being dead serious. Sneezing's a liability. Like when you feel a sneeze coming on, you got to count the cost. When you're young, you're like sneezing. I feel so much better. I love sneezing. You get older and you're like, oh God, oh God, I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh God. And things hurt. I'm actually not making this up. Like it is, I, I wake up with mystery pains. The other day, I was asking a chiropractor, I'm like, hey, I just, you know, my shoulders feel tight. And she goes, how do you sleep? And I'm like, that's not relevant. What do you mean, how do I sleep? She goes, you're a side sleeper, you're a tummy sleeper, you're a back sleeper. And I'm like, this is conversations that old people have. How do you, when's the last time you heard a couple of 18 year olds? How do you sleep? You know what I mean? How do you sleep, man? I'm a big side sleeper, sick, sick. She's like, how do you sleep? And it dawns on me, this is the conversations Mike and I, Mike G and I have now. Well, I, I said, well, I'm a, I'm a side sleeper. She goes, ah, that's the problem. I go, what? I've been side sleeping my whole life. Yeah, you can't, you can't, your, your, your shoulders, you can't, it's side sleep. You, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, we, we gotta keep you open. And I'm like, are you, what? You know what I mean? Like, like there's a lot of things you can do to me. Don't mess with how I sleep. Do you know what I mean? Like, who do you think you are? I'm like, I came for you to fix my back. Not tell me how to sleep. And she's like, you're going to need to become a back sleeper. It's a true story. I can't make this up. So I have become a back sleeper. I don't want to brag, but I have. I'm I'm just a back sleeper. Okay. Any back sleepers here? Whoa. Now just watch their posture. Back sleepers have the best posture. Guys, this is free content. I am just dishing it out up here. Okay. Dr. Smith here. Okay. So how many more, how many back sleepers? I just want to see this again. This is fascinating. This is, wow. That's, I mean, pound for pound, we got a lot of back sleepers in here. Side sleepers, side sleepers, side sleepers. Ooh, you guys might win. All right. And the worst of us all, by the way, I might add belly sleepers, worst of us all. These people are the worst. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding. That's what the, the chiropractor told me that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> just shamed in church. I, I don't know, I just feel bad. I'm a belly sleeper. So I change, I become a back sleeper and I come back to the chiropractor. She goes, how you doing? And I go, well, I mean, I forced myself to sleep on my back. So that kind of stinks. I don't feel as rested, but I guess I do feel a little bit better, but my shoulders still hurt. This is a real thing that happened in my life. She goes, what are you doing with your arms? I don't know what I'm doing with my arms. I'm asleep. Is this what I have to look forward to? She's like, I'm being serious. Where are you putting your arms behind your head? So I stop and I'm like, yeah, yeah, sue me. Okay, I got my hands like this. All right, my heart's wide open to God when I sleep. All right, you do the math. She's like, you got to stop that. What? 
She's like, you can't, if you keep your hand like this, that's what's causing you pain. Ladies and gentlemen, I literally look like it's my funeral when I sleep now. <laughs> is that, was that too far? We are on the World Wide Web. I, I literally, this is, this, is, this, this is my lot in life. I'm 45. I sleep like this. <laughs> Night, babe, love you. I mean, it's just, I got one of those special pillows now because normal pillows don't work for me. They cause me pain. Pain, it's a part of life, right? You can be, you can take all your greens, go to the chiropractor, run your marathons, do your thing, be super healthy, but we're all going to experience pain. Now, obviously I'm speaking about physical pain, but the truth is we're all gonna also experience some emotional pain, some mental pain, some internal pain, some external pain. Ready or not, here comes pain. How many feel encouraged at this point? Have you ever heard that old adage, like, no pain, no gain? You guys remember my dad? Uh, well, you don't remember my dad, but my dad had a saying. You guys remember my dad? Everyone's like, I don't, I, I never met him. You met his dad? I never met his dad. <laughs> um, my dad's motto was no pain, no pain. Advil for life. You know what I mean? Like, think about that. That's a good saying. Like you wake up, no pain, no pain. That is gain. In other words, like as we age, as life goes on, you're going to experience some pain. Well, what are you going to do with your pain? I mean, what are you doing with your pain right now? I mean, seriously, what are you doing with your pain right now? Maybe not your physical pain. Maybe your physical pain, you're taking some Advil, you're taking some Aleve, you're taking some Excedrin. All three of those companies have sponsored this sermon. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Can you imagine? I start throwing in drug commercials into my sermons. <laughs> oh, man. That's something to think about. All right. <laughs> um, what are you doing with your pain? We do weird things with pain. No, I'm serious. Uh, for instance, one of the things we do with pain is uh, we wear pain like a badge of honor. You ever met one of these people? Interesting. How you doing? Not good. What, 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 what's going on? Been in pain for 12 years. They always kind of talk like Batman. It's not a problem though. I'm, I'm used to pain. I like pain. Really? Wow. I, I go to coffee with people all the time, right? Sit at coffee with people and how people deal with their pain is just a fascinating observation. Some people you have coffee with them and they're like, yeah, I just... But the pain, man, no pain, no gain, you know? So I just, I, I, I look for the pain. Oh. <laughs> and, and they don't have buttons on, but they have buttons on, and my mind is on, my mind works, and it's like, proud of my pain. Do you have pain? If you don't, you're not doing anything. Pain, it makes us elite, right? Th- those people. Then there's other people like, pain. I'm just in so much pain. How much longer? Right? And, 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 and pain for them is like life becomes looking for uh, avoidance of pain. So these people are escape artists. That's a little bit more my motto with pain. I'm just like, how can I pretend it's not there or escape it? Right? So it's like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air does wonders for my pain. 
right? Any, any kind of like, how can I just forget that I have pain? Then there's like, there's like escape artists with pain. Then there's like denial with pain. Hey, how you doing? Super good. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, your, 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 your dog passed away. Yeah, it was time. It was, he was old. Yeah, not a problem. That's not a problem. Uh, are you sure you're okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you lost your job. Hated it. <laughs> it's a blessing. Hated it. So I'm free. Uh, uh, free. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm broke. How cool is that? <laughs> right? And you're like, I, I don't know, bro. I don't know what to do with you. I go to coffee with people all the time. My life is people, folks. This is why. And I've been to coffee with all kinds of people in their pain. I'm like, well, I just, you know, and ironically, oftentimes it's even in my own life, we don't run into a lot of people that you're like, whoa, the way that they are approaching their pain or interacting with their pain is compelling or, or inspiring because we are human. So let's just collectively for a moment exhale and recognize that in this theater tonight or watching on the World Wide Web, WWW, that all of us have pain. And I don't mean to be rude, but, but all of us have probably mishandled our pain at some point or another. We have, we have. I have used substances to avoid pain. I've told you my story, stop drinking alcohol. I didn't drink a lot of alcohol, but when I did, I thought it was a lot of fun. And by the way, my mentality and my personality is when something's fun, more is more fun. So let's just keep the party going. Right? So, like, I, I'm with you. We, we are the same. I, I know what it is to, I've probably wore my pain as a badge sometimes. I've probably shown people how tough I am. I've probably done comparative work with my pain. You ever done that one where you compare pain and you're like, oh, is it hard, buddy? You lost your goldfish. Well, my dad died. You know, like, oh, oh, oh. You know, like, right? We, we, we've all, you ever done that one? Have you heard so-and-so's really discouraged? <laughs> They had my life, right? And this is how we handle pain. What, what if tonight in the next few minutes, we could find a section of ancient scripture in this magical mystical book that could help us find some progress and some purpose in our pain because we all have it. And of course, physical pain's one thing, isn't it? But if you've ever experienced emotional pain, if you ever experienced internal turmoil, that's far more excruciating, isn't it? Isn't it wild? I mean, as a kid, you get a cut and a scrape and you get a Band-Aid. And as a kid, you think, I was so bad, my, my knees are scraped, oh no. And then you get older and you wish all you had to deal with was a scraped knee and a cut elbow. But now your, your heart bleeds and your soul aches and you get rejected or you get overlooked or you get somebody else gets promoted and you've been there for 12 years and they've been there for 12 months and you're going, God, what are you doing? And what's going on? And now she's gone and he's gone. And they said they loved you. And the moment they had an opportunity to leave you, they have left you behind never to even text or check in or call. And your heart is hemorrhaging and you wish there was a Band-Aid for that. What, what, are, what are we gonna do with our pain? Now, Part of the challenge when we go to the ancient scriptures, oftentimes we find ourselves, if you're like me, kind of going, these old cats don't know what it is to live in 2024. 
these ancient figures and the Apostle Paul who God uses a vehicle to write more than half of what we now call the New Testament, you're thinking to yourself, try the internet, Paul. Like, try what it's like to live in the information age. Try to have a, per, a perpetual scoreboard over your human existence every day of your life. Someone asked me recently in an event I was at, hey, give me your Instagram, I wanna look you up. So she handed me her phone, standing there with my wife and her friends, and I said, oh, oh okay, because I'm a people pleaser to the max. So I just type in Judah Smith, and I don't know what rates of what, and she goes, wow, you have a lot of followers. Blue check, wow. I felt pretty good, frankly, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was like, wow, thanks. That, that was a little bit of a shock to my ego, and it felt nice. Like, it's just a weird world we live in. Suddenly, someone thought I was cool, but now this technological device told them that maybe I'm cooler, but then there's like other people who are way cooler, so then you kind of just, you're, you kind of have to get it out of your mind before that you go further into the party because there's other people that you could plug your name into their phone and they're going to go, huh, I thought you were doing big things. All right, well, you know, like, ah, what a weird world we live in. What a weird world. So sometimes you look at the ancient antiquated Bible and you're like, what, what, I mean, what could it really have to say? about the proclivities and the challenges and the difficulties and the mountains we have to climb in 2024. Well, that's why I like the letter to Jesus followers living in ancient Rome. We call it the book of Romans, sounds so official, but all this is is an ancient letter written by Paul, inspired by God, every word chosen by God, which makes it magical and mystical, but it's written to people just like you and me living in a place called Rome. Now, if you're familiar with ancient Rome, at the writing of the book of Romans, it's only 10 square miles, folks. And do you know how many human beings are living in 10 square miles? One million with no modern amenities. I was made for modern amenities. Have I mentioned? Okay. When there's no toilet paper in the house, I don't want to live anymore. Okay. I am a modern man. All right. We got a million humans living in 10 square miles. Now I want you to use your imagination with me for the next 30 seconds and imagine what 1 million humans could be capable of in 10 square miles. Now, many of you are like, man, I got to stop watching naked people late at night on the internet. Well, if you lived in ancient Rome, you wouldn't have to go on the internet. You could walk down the street. Orgies was the cinema. That was the movies. You would buy tickets to watch a bunch of people have sex. If you think it's tough in LA or wherever you live, watching on the World Wide Web, ancient Rome would be a true test for any of us. Like ancient Rome would test your kindness capacity. Okay? Any moms in here and you want to walk your kids down to the local market? Good luck in ancient Rome because they're going to see things no kid should see. It was wild. It was a menagerie of debauchery. Are you impressed? That's a couple of great words I just put together. I'm 45. All right, well, listen. It was wild. So when Paul writes to these people, he's not writing to um, 
You ever have, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I'm just gonna have some fun because I'm born and raised in this country. But I love when people like, like, like from Texas want to tell me how to live in LA. I just, I, I love, I love everybody in Texas, but Texas is like a different country from where I live. Like you, like I go to, I go to Europe and there are cities in Europe more like where I live than when I, sometimes I go to DFW. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, what in the world? Where am I right now? I love everyone's accent. I love Dallas. I love Texas. I'm just saying it's so different. You have to understand that when you go to the magical, mystical book of the Bible, context matters. So if you live in a modern uh, uh, cosmopolitan city, the letter to Christians in Rome is for you. They're not living in the country. They got proclivities and opportunities just like you and me. Now, why is that important? Because I grew up and some of you grew up in institutions such as this, religious environments where preachers like me told you and emphasized things that's so odd to me that when I read the book of Romans, it's not emphasized in there. Like, you know, it's weird. I try to read the book of Romans sometimes and I'm like, when is, when is he going to tell people to not watch people having sex on the street? When's he going to say that? Hey guys, you got to stop watching the sex happening on the streets. You got to shield your kids. Walk to the other side of the street and condemn it. In fact, we need to start picketing the public sex that's happening in Rome. I swear he never says that. But it's like I heard preachers my whole life like, Pornography is ruining America. I, 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 maybe it is. I, I, don't, I just, I, it's, it's weird. I just read the book of Romans and I'm like, huh, when is he going to tell them like, hey, don't forget, like the Roman government's the worst. He doesn't do that. So it's like Paul's inspired by God to almost elevate the perspective. And tonight you're going to be surprised. And that was my introduction in case you were wondering. And I love you guys so much. We're on the World Wide Web. I got to go long. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Relax. Um, so everything I'm about to share with you has really, really, really progressive modern implications. It's as if it's almost prophetic to the day and age in which we would live. So that brings us to Romans chapter 5, verses 3, 4, and 5. And I want to read this to you. Even in times of trouble, Paul writes, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressure will develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not, dis not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Beautiful, right? Sounds kind of like a poem. And it's like, oh, that's amazing. I love church, right? We come to church and the preacher will be like, isn't that beautiful? Now that's the word of God. Go home and apply it. And we're all like, what? What? That sounded super cool. I just, what, what does that mean? Let me explain. This is a progression 
that is supernatural and it's phenomenon. And it can happen to any human being because it's happened to me. It's happening to me. And it might be happening to you right now. You're just not aware. So I'm going to help you become aware. This is a four-part progression that is outlined in the scripture that is absolutely mind-boggling and life-changing. And I believe it is going to bring purpose to your pain like you have never experienced before. Let's get one thing straight. By the time we get to Romans chapter 5, Paul has outlined very clearly the magnificence and supremacy of the power and person of Jesus. He has spent absolutely zero time on the uh, morality of Rome. He has spent zero time on the uh, uh, particular nuanced conducts of, of, of the daily believer. He is trying to elevate the view of the listener. By the way, these letters were literally read out loud to Romans trying to follow the way of Jesus. And the reason the way of Jesus was so pervasive in Rome is because Jesus died. But unlike everybody else, thousands of people died at a crucifixion. He promised he would get up from the grave three days later. And he did and appeared to more than 50 hundred people and levitated in the sky. Okay. Like for real, not Chris Angel, but like real, like, and I think Chris Angel is awesome, but like, like levitated like for real. And so that started to spread what we call witnesses. So those witnesses now have told the story of the greatest phenomenon the world had ever seen. By the way, while the middleman hung on the cross, Jesus Christ from Nazareth, born of a virgin, never, no record of any wrong, sin, or error, spoke seven statements while spending six hours on the cross, suffocating in his own blood. When he said it is finished, there was an earthquake that shook the known world. The temple, the curtain was torn in two. The sky went black and the elements themselves responded as if to say the man on the middle cross is not normal. They buried him in a rich man's tomb and three days later, they can't find his body and Rome says, make up a story, cover it up because it can't be true, but you can't cover him up because then he appeared to a bunch of people and levitated into the sky and they watched him disappear into the clouds. Now from that moment, 1,500 people are pretty passionate about telling everybody that the way of Jesus is the only one true way that could bring fulfillment and forgiveness and significance and value to all people. To all people. That's why fundamental to the way of Jesus is understanding that any marginalizing, any oppression of any people group is counter gospel, counter the way of Jesus. So we cannot play part. We cannot be silent where there are people groups that are being hurt of all kinds. I reserve the right to be for everybody. I do. You can't stop me. So I will not choose. I choose your side and their side, both sides, both sides, both sides, all sides. Yep, that's me. So, and you can't stop me. <laughs> so, it's what it is. I don't choose the Chiefs or the Niners, but I choose all people. Once they take the helmets and the, the pads off, then I love them. Get over here, okay? But, so, by the time we get to Romans 5, you, you, you got, I don't know, 
hundred years later, you, you got a bunch of people that are still just moved by the way of Jesus and they're forgiving and they're loving and they're understanding and they're, they're trying to change the world, but there's so much pain and there's so much pressure and there's so much perversion and there's so many humans hurting each other in 10 square miles, there's a million of them and there's no modern amenities and it's difficult and it's painful. And Paul, his goes, hey, when you run into pain, uh, be happy. What? When you feel pain, something really awesome is about to happen to you. What? Um, pain is the word thalipsis here. It's used 45 times in the New Testament. That's definitely not how you say it in Greek because I barely speak English, but that's my attempt at it. So sue me and write to me on the internet. I won't read it. But thalipsis is the Greek word. And it, it actually, the word pain here or trial means pressure. Now that's interesting. You ever felt pressure? Yeah, yeah, pressure, pressure. Can you imagine the pressure you must feel? Can you imagine the pressure people watching must feel? Paul says, when you feel pressure, there is a supernatural progression that God is going to work for you. Now, what I'm about to describe to you um, cannot be um, 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 concocted. Uh, it, it can't be forced. Uh, you can't make it happen. It's either God does this or he doesn't. And I got good news, he does this. But here's what he does. And Paul writes this to promise the ancient Romans trying to follow the way of Jesus that something supernatural would happen in their life when they feel pain or pressure. Pressure. Pressure causes the most noble humans to do the most horrific things. Pressure. Isn't pressure interesting? Now, what I would argue is that as the years go by, the pressure compounds on earth. So consider yourself quite an individual because God could have put you in ancient Rome but he puts you in 2024 because there's something about you that can live in this pressure. So be complimented tonight. And I'm not even joking. That's a cosmic compliment. God puts you in 2024 because you were made for the pain and pressure of 2024, which is to say he will put in you an inward fortitude that will withstand and hold you amidst the immense pressure that comes with 2024. 24. Yesterday, I was confronted by something I said in my 20s that was recorded in an article. I would think I was 28 when I said it. And I thought to myself, humans, we've got to understand something. 28-year-olds change when they turn 45. I reserved the right to disagree with that dude back then just in case you were keeping score. Like we live in such a bizarre time where people just assumed that we're not growing, but that's the pressure we live under now. It's the pressure. I'm glad you weren't in 76 in Gleason growing up in Portland, Oregon in the hood. Some of you wouldn't make it in my hood. I, don't, I just want to be honest with you, but I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there because we're not doing comparative work tonight. My pain is worse than yours, but we're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> so he says you're going to feel pressure that's a nice word for pain you're going to feel pressure if you currently feel pressure you are a candidate 
for the progression I'm about to share with you. He says this, this pressure you feel will be matched. This thelipsis will meet up with this other Greek word called hoopamony. That's a good one, isn't it? I'm pretty sure I pronounced that one right. And if I didn't, it feels right. And I like it like that. And I won't change the pronunciation. Hoopamony is a Greek word. Hoopamony means persistence. It means endurance. Hoopamony is illogical endurance. Illogical persistence. Like, 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 is it like Catcher in the Rye? One of them characters in Catcher in the Rye said courage is, 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 is when you know you're licked before you start, but you start anyways. You know, don't make any sense. David and Goliath kind of persistence. Like, buddy, what are you? You are adorable. Look at you, little guy. What are you doing out here? You're going to go against the nine-foot, nine-inch giant? The what? Goliath from Gath? With what? My slingshot. <laughs> with your cute little short self and your red hair with no beard. Look at you. Haven't even started shaving. This guy's got hair on his back. <laughs> David's like, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me take a shot at him. Illogical persistence. There's evidence of it throughout the narrative of the Torah, the scripture, New Testament. Illogical persistence. I got to tell you, I'm familiar with this hoopamony. I don't know where it comes from, but every once in a while, hoopamony just comes on me. It doesn't make any sense. I'm being dead serious. I, I, I wake up some mornings and I'll be like, let's go. And I'm like, I don't have any reason to feel that way, but I just feel that way. I'm being serious. Like you, you walk around town, you walk in your neighborhood. Do you walk around going, man, everybody is so kind and loving and forgiving and considerate and generous? No, no. Just two days ago, I was driving. I am a nightmare on the road. I drive like Batman. And somebody told me that I was number one two times with both hands. I was like, oh, you ain't even holding the steering wheel now. <laughs> you know, they were like, you are number one, but they use totally different fingers than I'm using right now. Has it ever occurred to you? I, 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 I think we are adorable. I really do. You know, difference makers. Different, you know, we're difference makers. We're going to change the world. Has it ever occurred to you? It doesn't seem like a lot's changing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Literally, <laughs> not a lot's changing. <laughs> and you're like, ah! right? But what's wrong with us? I can't tell you. I text so many people today. The wind is shifting. Headwinds, tailwind. Let's go. We're changing the world. Come on. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know why I do that. But I believe it. I absolutely believe it. It's like hoopamoni. Just hoopamoni hops on me. And all of a sudden, I feel pressure. I feel pain. My neck hurts. My back hurts. My hips hurt. My fingers hurt. The other day, my ankles started hurting for no reason. Both ankles just, ooh, ow, ah, right? Like, but then here comes hoopamoni. I can't explain it. People are like, man, you're so positive. You're so contagious. You're so, so, not really. Sometimes I'm annoyed when people say that. 
Leave me alone. I don't want to be happy. I don't want to be there. Here it comes again. Hooper morning. I'm serious. And all of a sudden, I'm like, how you doing? You okay? Man, I'm telling you, we love you. We believe in you. We see you. You can do this. And you're like, oh, man, if Judah could encourage me every day, why don't you encourage me every day? But the scripture declares that there is a phenomenon. Now, by the time we get to the end of this progression, you will you will receive the evidence that this is happening. And the evidence that you will know this four-part progression is happening with your pain and your pressure is that you will feel love in your heart poured out by the spirit form of God. You will feel loved in an inordinate way so that you will know that he's taking your pressure. He's meeting it with hoopamony or illogical endurance. You wake up and you're like, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Somebody gave me a gift the other day. I have a signed uh, piece of memorabilia from 1965. The Catholic Church gave one of my heroes, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., an award and he signed it and someone got it in an auction for me and presented it to me two days ago and you can't have it. It is one of the most priceless possessions I've ever had. I look at it every day now. I'm trying to make sure the sunlight never touches it, you know, because it's his, it's his name literally in in a frame in my house, not your house, my house. One of the reasons I love Dr. King is because he he had to live with hoopamony. He had to live with hoopamony. We celebrate his birthday in this country, but so much of his dream is so far from being realized. But he just got up. And he would march again and walk again and preach again and speak again. Do you, have you seen the evidence of illogical endurance surfacing in your life? I would possibly perhaps suggest you have because you're here or you're watching on the World Wide Web. What are you doing, weirdo? Most people are out just eating food and living their life, but you're in here trying to grow. What are you doing? I want to make a difference. You're crazy. I, I, want to, I want to make people feel loved. Well, they don't. The odds are stacked against you. What are you going to do? Well, I'm, I'm going to key, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get five rocks from the river and I'm going to use my slingshot. Why? Because that's the only thing that's coming to mind. And it feels right. So I'm going to do it. I have tried to quit on you guys multiple times in my heart. I really have. I really, because some of you are mean. I've told you this a hundred times. I'm tired of preaching, right? Because the feedback, it's not nice, right? And I'm like, ah, then come on up here. You do it then. Let's see how you do. Get you, on the, get you a leopard stool. Tell us about your pain. I've never turned in my resignation letter. I've never turned it in. I've never gone through with it because I wake up in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning and all of a sudden, hoopamony. All of a sudden, texts start coming in. Hey, brother, how are you? You got got time for coffee? You want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you been, man? All caps. They just come to me. All caps. I just text in all caps. I don't know why. Hoopamony. Here comes this logical endurance. We're going to change the world. And all the evidence suggests otherwise. But I just 
keep going. God said he would do that for you. That's how I'm still married. I should say it like this. That's why Chelsea is still married to me. That's a true, that's the truest statement I shall say tonight. Is she wakes up and God settles a mist over her body and her eyes. And she believes again that she's married to the right man. The anointing does mystical things. Yeah. Hoopamoni. And then he said, the pressure will lead to persistence. And then the persistence, this is my least favorite part of the progress. So bear with me. He said, then there will be a purging. Things will leave your life. You'll feel pain and pressure and you go, ah, what's going on? And then he'll give you this endurance and you're like, ah, it's painful, but I'm going to keep going. This is amazing. And then all of a sudden things that it, it's as if it'll get a little bit hot around you. The heat will go up and things will start. This is the Greek word dokami, which is definitely not how you say it. But it literally means character. But the word picture in Hebrew is a silversmith that is purifying the molten lava, which is uh, convoluted. It's convoluted silver. It's, it's rude ore, as they call it. And the silver, right, the silver you wear on your finger, silver you wear in your watch around your neck, that's purified. That's dokami. Before it was put on your neck, it went through dokami. And dokami is how you get the dross away from the silver so the silver can be clear. And did you know that a silversmith, I don't want to brag, but I know a little something about cleaning silver. And when the silversmith knows that he or she is done with the molten liquid, when all of a sudden the silver surfaces and they can see clearly in the silver. And this is what will happen to you because it happened to ancient Romans living in 10 square miles with a million wild humans. He said, your pain will feel like pressure. The pressure will meet hoopamoni and then there will be a purging. But understand that the purging things leaving your life are going to bring about clarity. And you'll know the progress is working when things and sometimes people leave your life but things get clearer. God is not the author of confusion. If you are confused, God didn't author it. You did or your body did or your brain did, but God didn't. God doesn't, God doesn't bring confusion to lead his children. He brings clarity and understanding. So your pain has a purpose. Your pressure has a purpose. It'll meet up with persistence. That persistence and hoopamony will carry you through the purging. But let it go. You hear me tonight? Can you hear me on the world wide web? Let it go. Don't sabotage the process. Let it go. Don't fight for it. Let it go. If that person's coming in your life and leaving your life, let them go and bless them and wish them well. You got no business, no time, no energy to waste wishing them harm, wish them well and bless them on their way, but let them go. Let them go. Because what God is doing is he's bringing you an ability to see clearer than you've ever seen before. There are some people in this room or listening on the internet. I changed the phrase. And you're wondering what's going on because so much stuff and things are leaving your life. 
and you're wondering what's going on. This might sound silly to you, but there are some people, and this is just coming to my mind, that drinking coffee is affecting you differently than it used to. You used to drink coffee and feel awesome. Now you're drinking coffee and getting a headache. I know this might sound strange, but I have known God to care even about your diet and your body. He might ask you to let coffee go. Now he ain't asking me to do that, but he might be asking, he didn't tell me that. All right, I don't got much left, but coffee's one thing I do. All right. So I love you guys, man. God bless you. You know, like, all right, you know, can't end on coffee. It, it could be as silly as coffee. It could be as significant as a friend. When all of a sudden things start flowing, not just to you, but from you. Don't fight it. Let the hoopamoni keep you there. Because the result will be so promising. See, because the pressure leads to persistence, the persistence leads to purging, and the purging leads to seeing the promises of God like you've never seen them before. Let me translate that to people who are less familiar with church talk. What I mean is all of the sudden you will see who you are better and you will see why you're here better. Now, you by now have to conclude that the guy with the mic is working from a premise and a worldview that says this. Every human is a divine choice of God and their arrival is his intent and his creation. Therefore, their value is, it cannot be gauged in this life. So every human life becomes of infinite eternal value and should be fought for and prayed for and protected. Right? So that, that's a premise I'm working from. But that premise informs me that your talents and abilities are for a reason because you were put on this earth to do something and play a part in his family that will bring you a sense of fulfillment. Not that what you do defines who you are, but who you are has an outflow of doing something constructive and productive in the world. You need to see that but some of you, it's cloudy. It's cloudy. See, the truth is people that you find attractive are oftentimes people who just know who they are and know what they're supposed to do on earth. Some of you ladies in here, you're like, ooh, I think it's something about him. He got some swag. He just probably knows who he is and knows what he's doing here. I'm telling you, gentlemen, if you want a little clue, okay? Now I've been out of the game for 24 years. And I'm proud of that, okay? I'm not in the game, just to be real, real clear. <laughs> I am taken a lot. So, like, Judah, you don't have to say that. That's gross. But, but here's the point. Here's the point. It's like, we get it. All right, weird. So, I definitely have more sex than anybody in this room. Okay, so, you know, it's like, that's what we're doing, you know? It's like, Judah, let's keep this about hoopaboni. Um, speaking of <laughs> endurance. All right, but listen, um, the point is, we're live on the internet. Help me help you. I hate you guys. I really do, actually. I'm going to retire after this. I'm kidding. Hoopamoni. Seriously, guys, you, you honestly, you, you wear whatever you want to wear, smell however you want to smell. You know who you are, and you know what you're doing here. Woo, buddy. You'll get more friends than you know what to do with. Because people will be like, what are you? You know, there's, um, hey, Elijah, love you, man. We all saw you come out, so I just wanted to acknowledge you. 
He's such a sweet man. He's like, I really like that, that sweater a lot. We compensate because we don't know who we are and we don't know what we're doing here. We got tells, you know, I'm not going to get into the tells. But man, somebody who can encourage others, someone who can forgive, someone who can listen, someone who can hold their peace, someone who doesn't have to tell you their autobiography, someone who doesn't have to tell you their accomplishments. They're just still, they're calm, they're loving, they're safe, they're secure. It's like, we all want to marry you. Like the whole Saban wants to marry you. Like that, that, that is so attractive. So sneakily and subtly, I'm also teaching how to become a very attractive human. Yeah. Suddenly the, the clouds clear and like the silversmith, you, you see who you are. But most importantly, ellipsis is the word hope. The word I'm translating promise. And it's awesome because the scripture says this, this hope is not a fairy tale. It's not a fantasy. And, and, and listen now, listen, listen. It's where it gets real. He says it's not a fantasy because the way you'll know you're getting clarity and you're going to be able to see yourself clear and your purpose for being here clear is because um, God in his spirit form will put love in your heart that you can't explain. And you'll start to feel loved. And then something really weird happens. You start loving people like a lot. You start seeing people on TV you don't even know. And you're like, God, I love them. I love them. You start seeing people that used to agitate you and annoy you. And now you empathize with them. You start praying for people you used to make fun of. And before you know it, you become what the culture calls a softy. You crying at like Bud Light commercials. Sarah McLaughlin comes on talking about them dogs singing, and you're like, oh, Sarah, save the dogs. You know, like it's your, your heart just starts to open up. That's a great commercial. But your heart just starts to open up because you just got love poured out in your heart by the Holy Spirit. And now you become one of those, one of those love agents. You ever ask yourself, what are you still doing here? Do you know what I mean? Why are you still in the room? I mean, honestly, allow me the luxury, all those watching on the internet, allow me the luxury of speaking to some people in Los Angeles. What are you still doing in LA? I mean, honestly. Some of you weren't born and raised here. What are you doing here? Why are you still in the room? Why are you still trusting God? Why are you, maybe perhaps the progression I've described tonight has already been in play for quite some time. You just didn't know how to put vernacular vocabulary and language to it. But this, you have noticed that the pressure has turned into persistence and then the persistence has turned into a purging and things have left your life and then you've gotten greater clarity. And, and, and I, got, I got good news. This cycle can happen over and over and over throughout your lifespan. And you know what it's called? Becoming more like Jesus. <laughs> I'm so tired of getting older 
and more opinionated. That's not what we need today. More old opinionated people who live in bubbles telling us all how to live. I mean, no shade. I'm not saying names or anything like that. So I'm like, ooh, that's mean. I, I didn't know that was you. I'm sorry. But no, like, you know, like we, we, we don't, I, I want to get sweeter, don't you? I want to get softer, don't you? I want to get kinder, don't you? I want to get more sober-minded, don't you? I want to get more approachable, don't you? I want to be a better listener, don't you? I want to be more consistent every day, don't you? I want to love my enemies, don't you? One of the directions the way of Jesus takes is, maybe it's a zenith experience, I don't know, but you become what we call an enemy lover. Where are those Jesus followers? Where are the enemy lovers? Because we need them now. We need the soft-hearted, humble, sober-minded lovers of humans today. Where are they? I wonder maybe if Tonight, we can't force this. We can't manufacture this. We can't concoct this. We can't make this progression happen. Either it is supernatural or it is nothing. So if this is how Paul encouraged ancient Christians living in 10 square miles with a million ridiculous humans, maybe, perhaps, this process and progression could happen to you and me, and maybe it is right now in real time. Then I end with this. Elijah's playing softly in his beautiful sweater. I like cardigans a lot. I respect that cardigan a lot. <sighs> so in my own life, I end with this. In my own life, this is how it's gone. I, I feel pain and I want to escape or I want to compare it to yours. I want to prove that it's hard. I want to tell everyone, you have no idea what it's like being a preacher. You should try this job. That's who I am. That's what I really want to do. Left to my own devices, I want to go on the internet like everybody else. Yeah, without Jesus, I'm a troll with a capital T. Don't troll you. Tell you how good you have it and how bad my life is, right? You ever been there? No one understands. Probably not true, but that's how I feel. So much pain, so much pressure. This is hard. Ah! And I go to bed. I go to bed. I go to bed like that sometimes. The Bible's like, don't let your, the sun go down on your wrath. And I'm like, oh, I am tonight. <laughs> I go to bed. Arr! Mad at you, mad at the church, mad at the world, mad at life, mad at the Seahawks, mad at the NFL. It's mad. Then I wake up, usually on my back, hopefully not with my arms like this. And, oh man, joy comes in the morning. I'm gonna be me again today. 
that guy at 11.30 last night reading my news feed. That's not who I am. All right, I'm going to be. I'm going to be me today. I can, I can do Wednesday. I don't know if I can do Thursday. In fact, I don't know if I can do all of Wednesday, but I'm going to do the daylight hours of Wednesday. I'm going to be me, hoopamoni, and it, and it starts carrying me. And one conversation leads to another phone call, leads to another meeting, leads to another get-together. And people are like, man, thank you. You were so encouraging. And while I encourage people, I start to get encouraged. And while I tell them all the things about Jesus and how he loves them and everything, I'm like, that was really good. That was really good. That was better than I, I don't even know I knew that. That was amazing. Where'd that scripture come from? I'm an encyclopedia. You know, like, and I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. And then, and then days turn into weeks and weeks into months. And then, um, um, things are leaving my life. And I used to need that. I don't need that anymore. I, whatever happened to, huh? And the purging, I I don't, it's not like I mean to, but stuff just starts to leave my life. I've been through a chapter like this the last couple of years. I've just had things leave, things leave, things leave. And it's like, all right, all right, all right. And all of a sudden, I, I can take no credit for this. All of a sudden, I, by things leaving my life and me simply letting them go, I, It's like, it's like sometimes like a fog lifted over my life and all of a sudden I realized like, there's a God, his ultimate name is dad. And he really likes me because he made me and put me here and gave me the gifts I have. And my whole of life is to connect with him and then tell people about him and all of a sudden things get clear, things get clear, things get clear. And you'll notice one of the tendencies of this progression is life will become very uncomplicated and your clarity will almost be so simple. You'll be like, have I been asleep my whole life? How is it this clear? And then what happens is you start to get reflective. Maybe this is 45, but maybe this is also Romans 5. But you start to look back at your life and you realize that the peaks and the valleys, you see them in all those seasons and chapters. And you start to put it together and you realize that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same God that met me in my pressure, gave me persistence, took some things away from me, gave me the gift of clarity so I could see the promise. He's doing it again, and he's doing it again, and he's doing it again. And the only way I can describe it is this, and I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. This is a short sermon, really. The Bible likens you and me to sheep, the ultimate insult, frankly. Sheeper may be the dumbest animal in all the animal kingdom. Literally. Just shave them, get some wool, and they just wander. Shave them again, grow some more wool, they'll wander. Sheep are pro-wanderers. They're also professionals at being generally dumb. 
Sheep are kind of herd animals, but they wander. They like being together, but then they kind of forget that they like being together and they wander. Like the whole herd will be like, this is so awesome. I'm leaving. I don't know why. And one guy just goes off and you're like, where are you going? I don't know. I, I miss you guys already, but I'm leaving. All right. You ever done that? You ever done that in your life? You're like, hey, I'm out of here. And inside you're like, why am I going? Why am I leaving? I love that person. Why am I doing this? Oh my God, I, I'm, I'm hurting this friendship. I, don't, I, I, I left. What am I doing? You ever go home at night? Think about the dinner you had. Why did I say that? What was I doing? What am I? Self-sabotage. Ah, you're a sheep. But you are and so am I. But I have no fear. The shepherd is so amazing. And I got to tell you, when it comes to this progression, like a sheep that wanders, when I feel pressure and pain, I will leave the pack as fast as you, if not faster. And I have found myself in days and weeks and months and chapters of my life that I'm not proud of in my own head telling myself nobody understands and nobody relates and nobody knows my pain and nobody knows my pressure. And without even knowing it, I'm so in my head. I'm so far down the road. When I finally come to and I finally look up, I'm in some back alley by myself, so to speak, proverbially, in my soul wondering, where am I and where am I going and what am I doing and what's the point of it all? And I got to tell you, if any preacher tells you that they got out of that because they studied enough or because they read enough or because they sang enough or because they did enough, they're not telling you the truth, friend, because preachers are just like you and you're just like me. We are all sheep that want to go astray. And when the times get tough, we go wandering. But I got good news. Bianca's playing them drums, folks. Bianca's playing those drums. And she is not a Steeler fan. I love you, Bianca. This, I'm done. I'm done. I already said I'm done. I'm done. Suddenly, my dumb sheep self, I come to and I look up and I'm going, I don't, emotionally, I don't know where I am. Spiritually, I don't know where I am. I know I'm tired. I know I'm fatigued. I know I'm weary. And I'm very lonely. And I'm stuck. Maybe just like you. And what I'm about to tell you is the only reason I'm here. Almost out of nowhere, he appears. I don't know how he found me again. I don't know how he knew where I was. Where's the rest of the herd? Are they okay? He seems to only think of me. God, you better help some other preachers too. I, but he only, it's just me and him. I, I can't tell you any different. I just, it's like the whole world fades and it's just me and him. And, and what I'm describing to you is so real and so internal and so intimate and so profound and so um, 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 poignant. He, it's like I can hear him. And he says, um, I'm going to carry you now. And I say, no, I'm 
no, I'm, I'll walk. I'll walk. And he says, no, you won't. Because you can't. No, I'll, I'll walk. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I lost my way. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know where I was going. I just got in my head. I got tired. I got tired. I got tired. It's too much. I can't do this anymore. God, I can't. I know. I'm going to carry you. No, 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 no. Just show me the way. I'll follow you. No, you won't. And um, I've lost count, you know. Suddenly, the only thing I can tell you is that this gregarious divine being known as the father of us all suddenly seemingly has me on his shoulders. And um, the dark night of my soul suddenly becomes a portal into a whole new chapter of my life. And somewhere in that process, I come on stage again and you say to yourself, maybe, perhaps, well, maybe one of you have said this, well, if I could be a Christian like Judah, maybe I could make it. What? Are we the same, bro? The same shepherd. And I, this might sound strange to you because now I'm going to tell you the truth. I can, it's like I can smell him. It's like I can feel the warmth of his shoulders. I can feel the broad nature of his shoulders. He must be a back sleeper. <laughs> Actually, he doesn't sleep for those keeping track. But anyways. And I got to tell you, when he brings me back, and I don't even know how to say that to you, but when he brings me back, back to who I am, back to who he made me to be, all the dumb stuff I think and sometimes do to hurt myself and hurt people I love all seems to be forgotten and forgiven, and he brings me back, and when I'm back, a lot of times you see me when he brought me back. And you say to yourself, Judah's always, no, 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 no. I've been in as many alleys as you have, if you know what I mean. And if you know, you know. Where I told myself this is the end for me, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I can't be a leader. I can't be a lover of Jesus. I can't be a difference maker. I can't be a love agent. I'm exhausted. I'm weary. It's pointless. It's purposeless. And all of the sudden, the shepherd shows himself again. And it's as if I see him like I've never seen him before. And he carries me back to me. <laughs> and I'm so tired with people taking credit for this. Well, it's because I read my Bible every day. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. I said, no, it's not. Because there is a shepherd who neither sleeps nor slumbers. And while you wander and while you grow weary, he watches over you 
And the reason you're here tonight and the reason you're watching tonight is because what he has done for me, he has done for you and is doing for you. He's got you on his shoulders. There are people under the sound of my voice, you are wondering why you can't shake him. You can't shake him. You can't shake him. You can't shake him. You have told yourself it's as if I'm haunted. I'm haunted. I'm haunted. I'm telling you, it is the most holy haunting of your life. It's because God's love for you is so eminent. God's love for you is so unconditional. God's love for you is so relentless. He will not walk away from you. He will not give up on you. He will not leave you where you are. He's going to keep putting you on his shoulders and carrying you back to who you are. You listen to me. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by his spirit, says the Lord. When you can't walk and you can't go on and you can't take another step and you can't think of a Bible verse and you can't tell yourself to get up, there is one who will meet you in the dark night of your soul and he will pick you up and carry you where you cannot go on your own. And that is the realest thing in the universe to me. We did not come here tonight to tell you some virtuous principles to abide by to improve your existence. I am here to tell you that without Jesus, I am a sheep who will find a cliff and I will go off. But every time I get close, he, he, no, 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 son, we're going over here. And I don't know how I got here like a stinking Disney cartoon, for goodness sakes. Puts me in that weird Disney swirl again. And I'm back looking at you, thinking you did it again. When are you going to admit what he's doing to you? Ooh, you thought the pain was the problem, but he's going to use it to produce that, prog that pro progression again that's going to change your life. He you closed your eyes just for a moment, just a moment, just a moment, just a moment. Ooh, baby. I feel them in my bones, man. I feel them in my body. I'm not even joking. I... I don't need church. I need Jesus. I don't need just another song or another sermon or another podcast. I need him. Give me the shepherd or I'm going home. I want the truest person in the universe or I'm done. And if somehow that cry resonates in the deepest recesses of your soul. Consider yourself blessed, friend, for the God of the whole earth has chosen to reveal himself to you. No man can find God. God must find you. Look at you. Look at you. Tuned in on the internet. Walked into the Saban so this guy could tell you. I think... The shepherd is picking you up. Let him, let him, let him, let him, let go. And let him carry you where you cannot carry yourself. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to tell you one little secret. Before you fall asleep, hopefully on your back or on your side, but certainly not on your belly. I, I dare you to whisper this prayer. There better 
be some hoopamoni for me in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Test him. Test him. Meet me, oh grand shepherd of the ages, and give me that hoopamoni you promise. And you'll know that the hoopamoni has arrived because you will feel the supernatural love of God poured into your brain and your heart by the spirit form of him. God, I bless your children tonight. And I ask that the magnitude of your essence manifest itself in this room great God and warrior of the whole earth. You are not far. You are near and your children are in pain. Meet us like you met the ancient Romans. Give us the persistence and the purging and let us see your promises like they did thousands of years ago. For without it, we cannot go on. Strengthen my sisters and strengthen my brothers. Tonight, God, here, God, now, wherever they are watching, now. You're here tonight and you say, Judah, I don't know what in the world this is, but I got to tell you, that Jesus you speak of, that God you speak of, I want to know him, I want to welcome him, I want to invite him, I want to yield to him in my life, I want his leadership, I want his saving power. The Bible says he who knew no sin, that's Jesus, became sin so that you and I can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you want to know this forgiveness, if you want to know this love, if you want to have this leadership in your life, you can't earn it, deserve it, or warrant it. All you can do is accept it and receive it. If you want to accept him and receive him and follow him and embrace him tonight on the count of three, whether you're watching on the internet or you're in the Saban Theater, if you want him and only him, to lead and love and care for your life. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand. You know who you are. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up all over the auditorium or online in your bedroom. God, you see these hands. And more importantly, you see these hearts. And we thank you whom the sun sets free is completely, utterly, and totally free. Free from shame. Free from condemnation. Free from anxiety. Set your children free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're going to go right in to use music as a platform of connection with God. And here's what I'm asking. In these moments as the band plays and the singers sing, I want you to anticipate, I want you to expect that that shepherd I described is going to meet you right here in this auditorium or meet you wherever you are watching on the internet. That same God can meet you. He can pick you up, he can carry you, and he can pour out his love in your heart even as we worship and even as we sing. Whatever you prefer, but if you're willing and able and you'd like to stand, you can join me in standing and we're going to begin to sing. And use music as a connection point. Come on, church. Come on, church. The shepherd's in the room. Come on.